Everyone loves the Jar Jar Binks. Everyone loves the Jar Jar Binks. Alrighty. Well, welcome to the first episode of the Creative Insider Podcast. You're joined here with myself, Ben Last, and Jack Gilson. We're going to be co-hosting this show. So yeah, let's get this one ripping. I mean, at the moment, it's just going to be you and I having a chat. We plan on having um, a multitude a variety of guests on from the entertainment industry but I think we just wanted to introduce ourselves to those that may not know us and yeah I thought I'd kick this off by uh, you know introducing yourself and you know what's your story Jack how did you get to where you are now how how did I get to where I am I mean that's that's a well my mum and dad you know once upon a time they're in France too far back too far back too far maybe back. too far back maybe let's start did you did you graduate high school no let's skip past that part uh back in 2006 i was going to uh to uni actually yeah. no rewind i actually started going to uni in 2004 and mm. quit in 2006 because i just didn't really find it that you know you know when you go to i don't know if this has happened to you but you're st- it's just you're studying and you know, you just feel like you're not really learning much, and you know more than the teacher. Yeah, you know, the teacher, professor, tutor knows. Yeah, and that sounds quite arrogant, but you know, I was really into <laughs> Maya and really, really learning it. Like after work, you know, you know, constantly whilst I was, you know, at home, I was playing with Maya and Photoshop and you know, really trying to get to understand them. I think back then as well, I've trained to learn Coral yeah. Painter as well. But, back in the um, days you know, when there were no tutorials. No, there's no YouTube or nothing like that. I don't think YouTube was around then. It wasn't, was it? No, no it would have been magazines, dude. Dude, it's pirates. I just, you know, play, praise the Lord for wares and, and pirates out there. I mean, I don't think I'd be where I am now without, you know, those lovely pirates, you know, getting the software from Maya and cracking it for me. But anyway, <laughs> it's a deviating. I was oh, learning I Maya. Didn't hear that. Yeah. I learned quite a lot from uh, just, yeah, at home and, you know, these linda dvds that you could buy and, and yeah some kind of shitty books and things really yeah. shitty books back then too um decided to quit and then started working for a company uh in nottingham called free radical and mm-hmm. they're making times blitters and at the time haze and um i started working on my first project which was actually star wars battlefront and really um yeah so that was the first project to work on was Battlefront. see i didn't 3. even know that how long have we known each well, other no. It's, this is why we're doing the podcast. Many years. Battlefront. And, um, yeah. That was a PlayStation 3 title at the time. Yeah. Before, you know, it got it got canned and then became the the, the beast that you see now from Dice. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I was there for a few years, you know, working in AAA for a while. Then I started working for a company called uh, Traveller's Tales. Uh, They're based in Wilmslow, which is Manchester. And... Um, that was working on Indiana Jones and Harry Potter for uh, the Nintendo DS and I think PSP. So this is the time when you know, handheld consoles were actually raining and they were pretty, yeah, pretty lucrative then too as well. I mean, yeah, didn't have the capabilities of something like a Switch or a mobile phone, but you know, it was a really good way to get into understanding, you know, low fidelity technologies yeah yeah making low fidelity art for games and stuff mm-hmm. and i uh, that really i found that really fascinating you know trying to get as much as you could out of uh, a device of limited power mm. um, so that is kind of what then took me to working into uh into mobile and indie games from about 2009 so oh, okay yes yeah, since then since 2009 i did some indie work 
uh, worked for a company in London. We made a, a funny little game which is called Plain Sight, which was for Steam, and it did really well actually. You got it's got quite a good Metacritic score still. Uh, we did some work for Higher Than Two for quite a few uh, companies around London, uh, TV studios, um, and uh, yeah, also wow. then went into working after that for a company in Germany called uh, Wuga, and uh, that was where I started working in mobile. Uh, I was going to ask you games. what what got you the move to um, Germany because that's where I met you in Berlin. Like what what pulled you over there? We actually, I have actually no idea. I mean, at the time, <laughs> you woke up in Berlin. Uh, yeah, just woke up in, in the basement of Bergheim. Ooh, like, pants Ooh. off. Yeah. So yeah, as anybody who's lived in Berlin, probably done. <laughs> Why can't we go into Berlin? I mean, the job offer was great, right? And it, it gave me the opportunity to, you know, learn a lot more and, and yeah. you know, have the ability to work as, you know, an art director. Um, worked on a few products there, which is great. Yeah, uh, and we then had moved some good on times. to um, uh, to Rovio, and that was mm. in Stockholm. I was there for a few years too, and now I'm working for a, a company in in LA. But yeah. you're, but you're based back in London at the moment now. Yes, and just yeah, doing so, trips over I mean, there. Exactly, yeah, yeah. So I mean, we we work with yeah external studios. Uh, so I mean, I can just work from home. Basically, it's really nice, it's delicious. Yeah, perfect. Uh, now, basically, Berlin is how I met you as well. Yeah, geez, that feels like uh, an age ago now. Oh, it was. God, that was a good time. Now that I'm back back home really in was. Australia, it was a while but, ago. Yeah, I've forgotten how many years ago that was now. That was sort of the start of everything. That was such a huge shift in sort of my life getting over to Berlin. And I only met you when I, you know, after I'd left. Yeah, yeah, true. Sort of the design yeah. world because I originally had started as a car designer. Uh, uh. And yeah, when I met you, it was like full swing into the shift and changing career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was, um, yeah, which is pretty wild. Couldn't imagine doing it anywhere else but in Berlin. No way. Yeah, I think in Berlin you can, you have the opportunity to do that because it's so cheap to live there as well. At the time, it was ridiculously cheap. You could yeah, really yeah. change your, your Dude, career so direction cheap. if you wanted to. Yeah, I th- yeah, it was. I was I was at character when I met you. I didn't know you when I was working. I was still working as a car designer. No, no. But why did you go from cars to to yeah games? Well, games and film. Like that was that was my goal all along. Because like rewinding back from us, sort of having good old beers in Berlin. Um, yeah. I went to university here in Australia and I studied industrial design for four years. Nice. And I sort of got into that just sort of always all along wanting to work in film, having seen sort of the art of books of Star Wars and Ralph Macquarie's paintings from a young age and Sid Mead. Yeah. I think back when I was in sort of late high school, I was kind of lucky that I'd, I've sort of known what I wanted to do for a while, but at the same time there wasn't a huge amount of opportunity. So I remember just seeing that a lot of these people and um, uh, in the back of the Art of Books, their biographies had said they'd studied industrial design and transport design. So that's what I ended up doing. Ended up getting to both architecture and industrial design, but stuck with industrial design. And sort of, mm. yeah, went went straight into, was lucky enough to get an internship at General Motors and worked in their advanced design studio. Nice. Um, and yeah, I ended up working as a car designer in the, doing sort of mainly exterior design and working on concept cars for about eight years, first in Australia for General Motors. And then what actually got me to Germany was um, a job offer I got working with Volkswagen and Audi and their sort of advanced studio 
So I remember I was just, you know, being, I had always just wanted to get out of Australia for a while. Mm. And I think that job opportunity has sort of spurred me on. And like similar to you, I'd been over to Berlin, mm. maybe it was 2000 and God, I don't even remember, 2010. Was that for work? No, that was for, the first time I went over was for a friend who was getting married in Italy. And I had a friend who was uh, a car designer as well, but he was working as a clay modeler at Volkswagen and he was in Berlin. Oh, yeah. So we're like, stuff, we'll go to Berlin. I'm going to catch up with my friend. And I just had the nice. best time. I, the, the city was just, it was so wild, such a good time. And I just remember getting that weird feeling of like, I feel like I'm going to be back here at some point. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I came back to Australia. Two or three years later, I got this job offer. I'd been at General Motors for a while and I was enjoying it. And I'd worked on the Corvette and the Camaro, sort of those concept cars. Mm. I, I did the uh, Chevy Colorado yeah. trucks. So it was great. I mean, it, it was such a interesting time and I learned so much about design and fabrication and sort of the like true, pure sort of industrial design, vehicle design. But yeah, taking that job at... Um, Volkswagen I kind of jumped on it the idea to sort of just start something fresh and start something new Mm. with the idea that I knew just being in Europe as well opened me up to sort of more avenues to to make that change into film and game like concept art yeah which is kind of like working in advanced design for basically automotive companies means you're kind of just working on sort of blue sky conceptual like concept cars basically Awesome job. Like mm. I absolutely love it. But with my aim always being working in film, it was kind of pushing me towards it. And I mean, I've still done some freelancing. I did some freelancing for and consulting for McLaren. Nice. And then sort of after I left cars, I did it again for Porsche and Bugatti Lamborghini through their uh, advanced studio. So I still was would always dip a toe back in that, in that world. But yeah, taking that job at, at Volkswagen and then being absolutely miserable there. <laughs> which is hilarious but I remember it was yeah it was kind of this beautiful driver because it was just you know I ended up working on some production cars which I didn't want to do a lot of people want to work on production cars because they want to have a car driving around on the road but I was more interested in you know creating interesting ideas or you know I I didn't want to be so exactly I didn't want to be tied down to reality and spending six months working on getting a car that meets like crash criteria and totally pushes the design around even though that has its benefits of understanding Mm. constraints so anyway I decided to leave which is kind of a shock because I was living with my now wife Rachel over in in Berlin as well and sort of she was teaching over there which is great because I was able to sort of quit and then I think I just I kept working on my own my own stuff my own folio I remember I had some work Strangely enough, designing some concept vehicles for some like military contractors, like big firms that were doing APCs. And then I stumbled onto character and I started working with them. So I got to know the guys like Henrik and um, Tobias and Mike. Mike sort of like got me in there. I was working with him on a couple of um, couple of games to start with. Um, yeah, and then that's how I met you in mm. the end, stumbled across you on the street one day and we've been we've been friends ever since but yeah I I think from from that you you know we left we had a a good couple of years in Berlin which was an amazing place given how cheap it is to be able to take sort of a risk to just focus on your own art and your own folio and 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 pushing your skills where you want to do it without having to worry like you could never do that Mm. in Australia the 
the cost of living here is just too expensive. Um, so yeah, I think, um, from that it was, yeah, you, we kind of left, I think I left Berlin and shortly after you left, uh, for Stockholm and I came back to Australia and basically head sort of headed straight over to LA and I was working for Activision. So I was working, um, on Call of Duty. I've been working with guys at Activision and Infinity Ward for, for years now on first was Infinite Warfare and then Modern Warfare and Warzone yeah. and all yeah, that. Pretty much like part of the furniture. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And a bit of the dirty furniture. So yeah, it's great to working with them on, on future stuff. And then I continued working on film, um, working with Universal and Netflix and Warner Brothers working, you know, mm. Deadpool um, and Mute which sent me back to Berlin and then over for Lucasfilm on episode nine, which is where we got to meet up again over at Pinewood, which is really cool getting to go on set for three months and living over in London for three or four months, I think it was. And yeah, then coming back to Australia and just freelancing, just working on film, just, you know, still working with Lucasfilm um, at the, at the moment. And, you know, I think we were both over in LA last year, just before the coronavirus stuff really broke out. I was mm. over there sort of, wrapping up stuff on the the new Batman film, which is good times. And you're over there for the new company. And, you know, I think we just got out in time <laughs> before everything. Definitely. Else, you know, the, Definitely. The Literally, we were, it, was, it was, it was days for me to get out before they shut down the borders. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, have you always been, have you always been a, a Star Wars fan? Yeah, I have. I have. I mean, I remember even enjoying the prequels when they came out, but that was because I think I was in high school like late high school I actually didn't mind them too much I mean they have their interesting parts but yeah I, I've I mean I remember as a little kid my parents showing me um A New Hope Empire Strikes Back and um Return of the Jedi and being a little kid man you love Return of the Jedi everybody hates the Ewoks yeah, you definitely. love the Ewoks as a little kid Oh, yeah. Like Jar Jar Binks. Everyone loves the Jar Jar Binks. Everyone loves the Jar Jar Binks. Oh, God. No, I remember actually, hating I that. That. That, might be, that. That might actually be a lie. No, I mean, it was lie, the originals. Actually. The originals were the best. <laughs> and then coming into the prequels, it was just that, it was just the knowledge of what was happening that made it sort of interesting. I mean, the originals were still the best. But, yeah, I mean, that's what, you know, made it also more interesting being able to actually work on that franchise was kind of like a dream come true. But I don't think I didn't watch Star Wars until I was about, 13 or 14 really what were you a star trek yeah, but i was at a friend's house and he now nah, i wasn't any stars um <laughs> zero and, stars um zero stars negative stars and I, and he had the star wars films on cassette it was what he was going to play and i was like I don't, I don't watch that i don't watch it and i don't want to see it and then i know one christmas um i think my cousin was over and he brought the, the they, they brought out the gold edition it was like updated with some new visual effects oh yeah the ex- it was like one of the editions the, the bastardized version i think it's called yeah the yeah. one where it's just got and, the weird um, vi- like the the new crappy what, cg well yeah the floating car eventually you had the car that could fl- like you could see it flying across the desert instead of it being like dusty oh yeah like, yeah there was so many updates made, made jabba jabba <laughs> yeah, yeah. the heart more like uh an actual <laughs> an actual creature rather than a person yeah. um but anyway i watched that and i was that that actually was like, wow, these are actually pretty cool. <laughs> and so, I mean, to like to have your first job working on Star Wars, you know, huge IP is actually just amazing, really, to be working on that stuff. I think actually we both worked on the same ships at one time as well. Same ships. 
Yeah, I think I I did the Thai Hunter originally. Oh yeah, no, I'm working. On, I, was, I was working on on some different things. I mean, the stuff that I was sort of doing on episode nine that was a whole long story of multiple directors and sort of production designers, which kind of yeah, my work is a. Uh, is in there somewhere but not a huge really much made into the final film but one of the tie fighters i designed made it into the uh galaxy's edge the disney disney uh, land disney world theme park for Star Wars, which is really i have cool. seen that up up close and personal. yeah i know you sent me that photo of it. i didn't get to go and see it at that time I was, I was too busy but i need to go and see it but yeah i think that's i think they called it the tie echelon in the end mm. but yeah that was something something that was done for a, a, an earlier version of nine that got sort of repurposed. So it was good to see not all the work, you know, getting thrown lost in the ether. Mm. So have you been um, finding, I mean, we, we just talked about sort of who we are and sort of what got us to this point. I mean, you're, you know, to, to clarify things for the audience, sort of your main focus and, and, and main sort of working environment is within mobile gaming. That'd be uh would that be a correct it is statement? Now. Yeah, yeah. I tend to now work with like IPs when it comes to games these days. Like I just finished working on Angry Birds a couple last year. Yeah, working on the Angry Birds IP. Um, and this year I'm working on another IP that already exists. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, I I actually love working with someone else's property because you just have you get this huge lore and universe to work with and build. Yeah, you know, obviously you yeah. can add your own thoughts and ideas to that universe but it's nice to have some kind of starting block yeah well i think it's going to be really interesting for like people that we chat with because we even though we work in the same industries we're kind of we cover like a nice broad spectrum Mm. of you doing sort of mobile um mobile gaming related things which is a huge part of the industry that we we don't hear enough sort yeah, of from exactly. that it's a, a huge part of like the market segment of entertainment. Oh, it's a billion dollar industry. Exactly. So I think it's going to be really interesting to have to have and chat to people from within that world that sort of you understand and then, you know, counter to the skills that I've had working mainly in feature film, like live action films and and yeah. AAA games um, yeah. that bring a different skill set. I think that even within sort of their same industry, I think it's going to be mm. quite interesting to to chat and sort of go over and discuss the sort of intricacies kind of in speak. Our unique perspectives on each 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 industry really. No, exactly. And, and not just you not know. just concept artists. Like we're we want to chat to you know mm. production designers and art directors and cinematographers and composers, yeah. musicians, musicians, you know, t- traditional painters, you know, there, there's so many people that we've met um over the course of sort of mm. working in the same country and also sort of a lot of artists that have also happened to travel around um, the world and yeah. have sort of made a living sort of as nomads, which I find really interesting. And especially coming into the time that we're in now with the whole with the whole coronavirus that's forced everybody to kind of work remotely. Um, I think it's going to be sort of a, a lot mm. more relevant conversation now because, you know, who knows after this, maybe when the world settles down and goes back to, pre-apocalypse mm. days uh, yep. a, a lot more people are going to go you know what i think i'm going to move over there and do my work i think i'm going to head over to this this part of the world and try my luck over here or just take my job over there i just saw yesterday yeah that uh, america or well, trump has put a ban on any new working visas i know i saw that <laughs> uh, i mean like uh, yeah and what i mean it, 
the way that the industry works, you can actually work from any country. You don't actually need to be in an office now to still get work done for an American company no. or work for an American company. Yeah, I don't know the legal the legal in- intricacies of it all. I know there's yeah. companies can do things in, in, in different ways, especially if you're freelance like both of us, you know, to, a yeah. lot of, most of the times I'm working with US based companies and um production houses. And like same with you. So yeah, it's definitely not a not an issue. And especially now that everyone is sort of working from home and everyone's having to mm. is being forced into yep. learning how to communicate and deliver work. Maybe people that were in traditional yeah. sort of um employment settings now having to do this, I think it's opening up the door so much. I think it's fantastic for freelancers. I think it's... I mean, it'd be difficult for like a winemaker though. Yeah. yeah. I can't really winemaker yeah, for Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I think for us, uh, I think it's, um, you know, we've forever sort of lived on the, well, not on the back foot, but, you know, we're being underlooked. The entertainment industry is huge, but we're only a small part um, of the of that beast of an industry that tends to get overlooked sort of the creative side of things um, that work in the pre-production phase. And I think the one thing this has shown is like how we can continue to function, like a lot of aspects of production still can be done. Mm. But if you're in pre-production starting on a new film or um, a new game and you're you're basically just working with an art department, well, it's perfect. There's, There's no issue, I don't think. As long as everybody's on the same page and using the same equipment, it's um Yeah. Yeah, it's it's fine. A leading UK newspaper um, was discussing like the most useful, most useless jobs <laughs> during this current time we're going through. Yeah, I mean, most useful was um, stacking shelves in shops, doctors, uh, other kind of that, that that area. And the most useless job number one was an artist. <laughs> I mean, it's like good luck. Yeah, you know, all the stuff that people are using Netflix or playing games, that's all created by artists. Yeah, right? exactly. So, I mean, it's it's just, it's bonkers how they would put like a job like that as one of the most useless things. Oh, that's to have ridiculous. Now. I mean, we're still working. I mean, that's, we're still getting stuff done. Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's just an underappreciation of the role. Like everything everybody's doing while they're in isolation, everything they're consuming was created by artists and creatives. Ah, it's such an ignorant view. It is. Of a, of a, of a, yeah, of a I, I, I don't subscribe to that view um, whatsoever. I think everybody that's working in the creative field is... I mean, anyone who listens to this podcast is not going to... I would say anyone listens to this, if you if you think that's correct, just tune out. Uh, don't listen to us. Yeah. But I, most people... Or keep listening and we can change your mind. Everyone's listening to this <laughs> will convince you otherwise. Exactly. Um, but I, th- I just couldn't believe it. I was just outraged. Yeah, I think I mean that's yeah, that's a, that's a ridiculous. Yeah, I mean I could I can also understand where somebody might be coming from when they're they're looking at I guess pragmatic maybe is the right word they're looking at you know what's providing a function that's related to I guess the epidemic pandemic whatever that's fucking I'm just going to call it the apocalypse. <laughs> like yeah, we don't have a direct role that's affecting um, the recovery. Um, apart from maybe economic recovery mm. when the industries kick back off. I mean, a lot of governments don't put a lot of faith in the uh, film and games, especially mm. not the government here in Australia. They tend to um, tend to push the game games industry aside yeah. without actually looking at the amount of money that it breaks in, sort of brings into the country, <laughs> which I think is what's made them change their tune of, of late in uh, yeah, yeah. reinvesting in studios. Because at one point we had quite a few, quite a few, uh, independent studios and big studios ea and 
think Activision had some studios here at one point as well. If you're able to work for yourself or transition to working for yourself, you can kind of make your own rules to some degree. Well, apparently, digital games revenue totaled $10.2 billion in Oof. May. That's worldwide. Yeah, that, that's that's hefty. Down from 3% in April, which was uh, 10.5 billion. Yeah. That's a, that's a big bucks, mm. man. Big bucks. So, yeah, I think this was a great little um, introduction to to who we are and sort of why we're doing this podcast. I mean, maybe we didn't cover that too much, but I guess we will in the in the coming episodes. So, yeah, it was, it was great chatting yeah, to you, dude, and looking forward to our first guest. Yeah, likewise. And, uh, yeah, we'll hope you guys will tune in again next time. Thank you for listening. Peace out, everyone.